I think it's fair to say that we have always had questions about life. We've always wondered how exactly did the world come to be? What are those things in the sky? How did I come to be? Where did all these animals come? Why does this happen? Why do these kinds of things happen? We've always had those questions as people. And for a long time, for generations, those questions were answered around campfires and on the trails walking. And what would happen for generations is that people would sit down, you'd bring everybody together, and somebody who knew the stories that the people trusted would go on to tell you how the world came to be. And they would say things like, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Well, then other questions would come up. Yeah, but why are people so bad? And then, and then somebody would tell you, well, see, there was a guy named Noah. And God had called him because, you know what? People before had gotten bad. And then we'd have other questions. And there'd be stories about David. There'd be stories about Saul. There'd be stories about Gideon. There'd be stories about people who were trying to figure out how to live in life and how to love God. And these stories were told generation after generation. Kids would hear these stories. They would become the adults who would tell these stories. And these stories were our answers to who we were as God's people, to who God is for us and for the world. I don't know, maybe those stories just became stories. They just became words. But it seems that as people heard them again and again and again and again, they they didn't pay as much attention to them anymore. And so while before the stories were there to tell them who they were and what they should be, they stopped listening to those stories. And they became something else something that God didn't want them to be. And before you know it, entire people of God are looking back and thinking, things look different now. Things don't look the same anymore. And there were those amongst the people of God who were saying, yes, and we've got to learn who we are again. We've got to hear our stories again. We have to realize who God is calling us to be. But quite often, those pleads fell on deaf ears. People just went and went and went. And it was never any more evident how far they had gotten until the day came when a foreign army came in and dragged us from our home. Oh, they they brought the leaders and they brought the young men. They brought the women, but they left a lot of the children. They left the sick. They left the elderly to die, to fend for themselves. They left them with nothing. They ruined their cities. They chained us by our ears and our noses to a place that wasn't our own. And it was there that we all finally realized how far we had gotten. But as God would have it, the day came 
when we would be able to go back home, when we would be able to go back where we came from. When we went back, we realized we were not the same anymore. And we realized we never want to go back there again. And somebody said, we need to remember who we are. We need to remember who God has called us to be. We need to remember those stories that tell us who God is. And somebody said, we need to write them all down lest we forget who we are. And so they began to write these stories. Write them down so that future generations could see and hear who they were. And it was their belief as they wrote these stories down that writing them down would bring life to every generation to come, would bring guidance to every person who would come afterwards and read these words. It was their belief that in these stories, in these words, God's life for every single one of us. Now, fast forward several thousand years, and here we are today. That seems to be quite a different understanding or idea about what the Bible is. Ask anybody on the street. Go out and do one of the Joes on the street things. Say, what do you think about the Bible? Well, it's a bunch of rules. It's a bunch of things that we're not supposed to do. It tells us how bad we are. Do you see the difference there? The Bible has become this thing that just points at us and pokes at us. There's nothing about life. There's nothing about God in that. Do you see the difference? It's a shame, I think, that somehow we've gotten to the the point where we feel like reading Scripture is a chore. Something we have to do. Friends, some of us still have the belief that those stories and those words give us life. They show us who we are. They remind us what we're called to be. They show us who God is. It's not just just a bunch of stuff. It's certainly not an instruction manual. I hate that. I shared that with one of our Sunday school classes a while back. You ever heard of the acronym B-I-B-L-E? The basic instructions before leaving earth. You ever heard that? I hate that. Because we think of the Bible as an instruction book. Now, let's be honest. This is the the exercise we have to do about instruction books. Raise your hand if you faithfully read any instruction book you have in your house. Yep. Um, Raise your hand if when you open up a package, and even though it has instruction on how to put together, you look at that instruction book and you think, hmm, trash. And so then we want to say, well, the Bible is an instruction book. And then we wonder why it doesn't have life for us. 
No, it's not an instruction book because we're not very good with instructions, are we? We've got to do it ourselves, figure it out, ask somebody for help. The Bible's not an instruction book. It's a life book. It's God's word to us. Showing us who we are and showing us what we could be. You know, this morning in our Sunday school class, we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And I just love because you know, some people have have a negative view of our faith. They think, oh, that God stuff and that Christian stuff, it's uh, judgmental and so And you know what? Let's be real. People think that because that's what some of us have made it to be. But really, at its core, the fruit of the Spirit, love, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control, discipline, these things, those are the things God wants for us. And you're trying to tell me that's bad? life-giving. Gives us life. Now, an interesting study came out this this past year, interesting for me, I guess, uh, entitled State of the Bible in the U.S., 2013. Great little study put out by the Barna Group, and one of the statistics that they put out is that 77% of Americans think that morals are declining in our country. 77% feel that way. And one of the leading factors to that statistic that many people feel is a lack of reading, guess what? Their Bible. But it's not because there's a lack of Bibles. One of the other statistics is that one in six people have bought a brand new Bible this year. And that the average household has 4.4 Bibles in their house. The point four, I think, are those little New Testament things that they give you, you know, I think, because those are half a book. So it's not that we don't have the Bible readily available to it. We've been through that in the church. There was a time in the church when the church said, you don't read the Bible. This guy reads it to you. This guy tells you what to think. We're not there anymore. Thank God. So it's not that we don't have it. We have it. We've got plenty of Bibles. How about this? 56% of those people in that study say that the Bible should have a more prominent role in our society. But 57% of those people report reading the Bible less than three times a year or never. See, Jesus told us there were two men, one who built a house and took time, took the effort, took the energy, got sweaty, got dirty, took everything he needed to take to build a foundation before he started building his house. And after he finished building his house, wouldn't you know, the floods came. But because his house was built on a strong foundation, when the floods came, the house stood. And that the other man thought, I got this, I'm a good house builder, I need to get on with my business. Sunday's over. Let me just get to building my house. 
and he built his house on the sand, and when the river, the flood waters came, destruction came to his house. Now, in the middle of those two stories is the Word of God. Because Jesus says both of those men had the Word of God. But only one heard it and did something. So I suppose as you and I uh, talk, think about our discipleship with God, our life with God, and how we're trying to be more faithful to God, the, the, the question we have to ask ourselves is, which is us? Have we taken that time to build that foundation? I know the Bible can be tough to read. Are you serious? Yes. There's strange names in there. I get that. But on the other side, have you ever read a Shiner phone book? The Bible is not the only book with strange names, friends. You can figure out how to pronounce names. Are there deep thoughts about life and wisdom that are hard to... Yes, of course. But that's why it takes time and effort to build the foundation. But here is my encouragement to you. You, yes, you can figure it out. Friends, you are listening to a guy who I don't know how got through high school. You are listening to a guy that if he wasn't sitting next to his wife in college, he probably wouldn't have finished college either. You're listening to a guy who got into seminary because they had to meet a quota. If I can figure some of this stuff out, you better believe you can too. These are words of life. And may that be so for each of us. Let's pray. Oh God, you have given us your word to stand on, to build our life on. So we ask, God, that you would give us grace enough to be able to find all those things that we need to Make this word who we are. You have spoken to us, God. You continually speak to us. So give us the courage enough to listen and to hear. Help us, God, be a people who not just read, but who do. In your name. Amen. Amen.